the 14th Sunday after Trinity, September 5th, 2021. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, keep your church with your perpetual mercy, and because of our frailty we cannot but fall. Keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 14th Sunday after Trinity is from the book of the Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. This is the word of the Lord. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning, and your faithfulness every night. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, the fifth chapter. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, 
that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Praise the one who breaks the darkness 
with a liberating light. Praise the one who frees the prisoners, turning blindness into sight. Praise the one who preached the gospel, healing every dread disease, calming storms and feeding thousands with the very bread of peace. Praise the one who blessed the children with a strong yet gentle word. Praise the one who drove out demons with the piercing two-edged sword. Praise the one who brings cool water to the desert's burning sand. From this well comes living water, quenching thirst in every land. Let us praise the Word incarnate, Christ who suffered in our place. Jesus died and rose victorious, that we may know God by grace. Let us sing for joy and gladness, sing what our God has done. Let us praise the true Redeemer, praise the One who makes us one. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. This is the word of the Lord. The leprosy of the ten men is more than a disease of the flesh, but it is at least a disease of the flesh. What this means is that there is more than what meets the eye. There is more to these men than their bodily affliction, and that bodily affliction is more than an observable ailment. Leprosy is, like any other physical ailment, an outward physical manifestation of a deeper spiritual reality. Every mute lame, blind, and incapacitated individual whom Jesus meets and heals experiences more than simple bodily healings. They experience the deeper spiritual reality 
of the forgiveness of sins. Yet leprosy is the chief of the physical ailments recorded in Scripture. It is the worst of the afflictions. It is the most miserable of the conditions. It is the destruction of the body, the destruction of one's membership in the community, and it is the destruction of the will as he is left alone slowly to rot himself to death. The deeper spiritual reality of these ten lepers is that they are living out the physical manifestation of their identities as sinners. It is sin that causes their leprosy. It is sin that brings about their slow death. It is sin that brings about your slow death, leper or not. A sin inherited in the flesh from your first father, passed down to all his progeny, to all who bear his flesh. However, death is not the worst blight caused by sin. The worst of sin's effects is separation. Death is tolerable. Separation is not. If the last year has taught any one lesson, this is it, namely that man needs companionship, fellowship, and touch. Man needs the physical communion of the saints. Man needs community of the body, the community of the faith. With this, even death is tolerable, but without it, life is unlivable the literal living hell. St. Luke records that the leopards stood afar off. The lepers were removed from community. They were removed from the temple. They could not approach Jesus, so they stood afar off and they begged. The deeper spiritual reality of their distance from Christ is that sin carves a gorge between man and God that man cannot cross. St. Paul writes that in sin you are aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, who once were far off. Just as the lepers stand far off from Jesus to beg, so too do all sinners stand far off from God, unable to seek his company, unable to live, unable to do anything but stand far off and cry out for mercy. The ultimate goal of man, then, is full communion with God, the consummation of the spiritual marriage between Christ and his church. Like lepers seeking healing, and with that healing, a return to life and communion, the church gazes longingly at Christ. She wants to be joined to him. She wants to be in communion with him. She wants to know him, to be joined together perfectly in the full giving and receiving of self. Just like no bride or bridegroom seeks to wed without eagerly anticipating the wedding night, no Christian is baptized, healed of all spiritual leprosy, and nourished 
without the same drive for full communion with God. True faith cannot live without this passionate yearning, else it, like the child of lust, desire nothing more than wants fulfilled. Therefore it begs the question, did the lepers cry out to Christ in faith? Their address seems to indicate that perhaps they did. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The words of the Kyrie appeal to the compassion and love of God. It always works, because in his love, God is a sucker for his beloved children. An appeal to compassion and love will always find ear, because it is an appeal to the nature of God. The lepers sing the Kyrie. Perhaps they do so in true faith, and perhaps not. St. Luke does not record their hearts, but he does record their works. Jesus tells these men, dying of leprosy, but deeper, more truly, dying of sin, to show themselves to the priest in accordance with the law of Moses. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. Jesus himself asks, what happened to the other nine? Why did only one of the ten return? It is a nice thought to consider that all these men realized together that they had been healed and simply continued on to do as Christ had instructed them. Perhaps it is the one who returned who is the impious one, the one who went against the instructions Jesus had given him. Yet even if they aspire to piety by following the letter of Jesus' instruction, they are living their lives under the law. The same law that condemned them and removed them from communion with God and man is the law to which they now run in their newly healed flesh. Because the law condemned them, they believe the law will be the thing to set them free. What they do not realize is that they have already been set free, but it was not by a life under the law. To those who have inherited their father's leprous flesh, the law can do but one thing, sentence you to a death devoid of community and devoid of God. When the light of Christ shines forth, the answer to your freedom does not come from further pursuits of the law, for the law will not grant you communion with God. Those lepers are set free in Jesus from the punishments they endured for their leprosy and the punishments that they would endure in the law's condemnation against sin. Thus, there is a deeper spiritual meaning to Christ's healing as well. It is miraculous that the word of the word touches broken flesh and it is restored. It is even more miraculous that the flesh of the word brings forgiveness of sins and life to man. The deeper spiritual reality of the nine who do not return to Jesus is that they do not care. Where once they believed in Jesus' power to heal, the outward act is all they desired. The miracle 
is all they wanted. Contentedly, they now run off to be led by the law once more. As the psalmist writes, they believed his words, they sang his praises, they soon forgot his works, they did not wait for his counsel. The deeper spiritual reality of the one Samaritan who returns is that this man sees Christ for who he really is, the fulfillment of the law, the way itself upon which and toward which the Spirit guides and the very person of God. His deeper reality is that he does not praise Jesus because his leprosy was healed. He praises Jesus because his sins have been taken away. He recognizes in Jesus the true priest and returns to show himself. He recognizes in Jesus the path of the righteous. For this magnificent sun shines as the light of the world and is in the flesh the person of the life-giving word. The Samaritan heeds the words of the king. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. His lips are to be the lips of all Christians, turning back to Christ in daily repentance to offer praise and thanksgiving to the Most High. Moreover, all that is required of the most perfect Christian, overflowing with the fruits of the Spirit, may be contained in his giving of thanks. Giving thanks always in word and deed to Christ for his great deliverance and salvation is the life of faith. Is he compassionate, this Christian, and merciful, active in giving of alms, fervent in prayer, careful in practices of discipline and self-denial? Does he labor to offer up his whole body as a sacrifice, living sacrifice to God, acceptable through Jesus Christ? All of this in the Christian life is nothing else but a giving of thanks for salvation. Therefore it is that love, joy, and peace, and the rest of the fruits of the Spirit are inseparable from every duty of a Christian, because his heart is the seat of thanksgiving. What is more natural? What is more easy? How much more so is this conduct of the thankful leper the conduct of faith than the miserable pride and forgetfulness of those who went their way and gave no thanks? Finally, how much more so is it the deeper spiritual reality of all Christians, cleansed of their own deeper spiritual ailments, to revel in the grace of God, to sing his praise, to glorify him, and to enjoy him forever. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit to preserve the Church, his own creation. 
for defense against all heresies and schisms, for peace and unity, for strength of faith, resolve of will, and boldness of confession among all Christians, for a right desire for purity and sanctity, for Christ to dwell in every home by prayer, and for an increase in devotion among the saints of God, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, that residing within the church they would inhabit a city of God set apart from the world, for all bishops and pastors, that they would remain steadfast in their callings to preach, teach, and administer the sacraments faithfully, for an increase of laborers to send into the harvest, and for the strength to rebel against the spirit of this age, let us pray to the Lord. For all who suffer for the sake of the gospel, that the body of Christ, yet separated by land and sea, may remain united in fasting, prayer, and devotion, resolving in faith to lose all for the sake of Christ, thereby gaining the treasures of heaven. Let us pray to the Lord. For a spirit of love and charity to abound within this nation, for prosperity and peace, for an end to all sedition, rebellion, hatred, and scorn, for wisdom to all who rule, especially to Joseph, our president, and Michael, our governor, that they may lead in honesty for the betterment of our people, for truth and justice, for the defense of the innocent, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from every sin, error, evil, discord, and strife, for an end to all war and bloodshed, for the work of God to chasten and to heal, for true humility in faith, for the conversion of the pagans and the return of the apostate, for the destruction of the proud and the upright, and blessing to the meek, and for forgiveness and repentance to our persecutors, slanderers, and enemies. Let us pray to the Lord. For mercy to the sinful, for provision to the innocent, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the abused, and the needy, for the comforter to heal the downtrodden, to raise up the brokenhearted, to embrace all victims of violence and suffering, and give joy to the depressed and peace to the anxious. Let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ, our good physician, for the hands of Christ's healing work, all doctors, nurses, surgeons, emergency responders, and all other medical professionals, for all who suffer ailments of body or soul, especially Gordon, Sandra, Daryl, Sherry, Ken, Barbara, Jeremy, Janine, Judy, Damon, Barbara, and Jim, for those near death, for comfort to those who mourn, especially the family of Emmett, and in eager expectation of the last day and the return of the Christ, let us pray to the Lord. We give you thanks, Holy Father, for your holy name, which you have caused to dwell within our hearts 
and for the knowledge of faith and immortality that you have made known to us through Jesus your servant. Remember your church, O Lord, to deliver it from all evil and to make it perfect in your love. From the four winds gather the church that has been sanctified into your kingdom, which you have prepared for it. For yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 